You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Jarrett Johnston. He's a freelance art director and designer. Jarrett, thanks for being on the show. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about all things brand today with you, especially brand development in the ministry space. Uh, But before we get into it, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your company, um, how you got started in design, what you guys are, what you're up to lately that maybe you're particularly excited? excited about yeah so i run an intentionally small branding studio in the dallas area um by small i mean most of the time it's it's me (laughs) um a lot of times i bring in contractors to kind of fulfill other needs but most of the time it is uh it is me working from home with my family uh kind of running around in the background and it's a really great you know lifestyle for us um i spend most of the time doing strategic branding and interactive design for purpose-driven brands. Um, sometimes that means working with, you know, a secular company. Sometimes that means working with um, a faith-based company that may not have a cross in their logo, but they certainly have some sort of social component or some sort of faith component internally as to how they conduct business, how they, um, as a team, believe. Um, sometimes it's you know, larger companies, um, to shamelessly name drop. I was in uh, the interstate battery office recently and they have, um, scripture all over their walls and they give away, um, I am second books to everyone who visit the office. So I work with companies of that nature. Um, and then also spend a good portion of my time focusing on churches, nonprofits, ministries, um, that are gospel centered and work with them to develop brands and, um, hopefully empower them to change the world in some small way. Awesome. So before we get into any of uh, the stuff we're going to, the topics we're going to discuss today, maybe let's start by defining some of these terms for ministries in this brand space. You've got brand, brand development, brand strategy, uh, visual identity. Like there's a lot of terms in this, in this space. And I think, um, what we see a lot is ministries get confused and think that brand development or brand strategy or whatever you want to call it is um, just the development of a logo. So maybe yeah. share what you think or how you define some of those terms and, and how you think about that process or, or how you think about uh, brand strategy and brand development for any of your clients. What does that kind of look like? Yeah, so I think I like the definition um that Jeff Bezos from Amazon kind of said that uh, branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Um, He was talking about businesses. I think it applies equally to churches and nonprofits, ministries. Um, I think it's more than a logo, which seems like something that I've been saying over and over and a lot of people have been saying over and over, but it's something that still hasn't quite sunken in with church and nonprofit space, maybe. Um, a lot of times when they're kind of starting their ministry, 
they think, okay, we have a logo, so brand check, we're done. Now let's move on to some of the other things that they may view as maybe more critical or more important than the brand itself. And so I think branding within, let's say, the church and nonprofit space, or maybe even specifically the church space, I think you can think of it as, yes, it's the logo. Yes, it's the design. It's also messaging and tone. It's also the style of the sermons that you're giving. It's also what the pastor is wearing. It's also the website. It's also how people are greeted coming in and out. It's also the the kind of coffee you're serving in the coffee shop, or if you have a coffee shop or don't have a coffee shop in the um, entryway. Um, it's your presence in the community. It's all of these things kind of in summary is what I would define as brand. Um, and maybe a good illustration is, going back to the, what people say about you when you're not in the room, use the example that everyone knows, Apple, right? Like everyone talks about Apple and they use words like they're smart, they're innovative, they're creative, they're pioneering, um, their products are easy to use. These are their brand in my mind. And those traits certainly are reflected in their simplicity in their logo. And it's certainly um, reflected in the experience that you have when going in one of their stores and shopping, it's certainly reflected in their website when you walk through the checkout process that it's easier to use than a lot of other sites. Um, so all of that is what I would define as brand. And that's a lot to throw at people and a lot to consider, but I think it helps people get away from, hey, it's we're going to use blue and we're going to use a cross in our logo and helps them think bigger brand. And so really it comes down to... M- when you think about brand, what experience does a donor or consumer or a member, whatever you want to call that person, that experience they have with your company or your ministry is is how you would define brand? Absolutely. Yeah, it's totally um, member experience, member experience within the ministry space for sure. So when you're walking a ministry through that process, what, what does that process kind of look like for you? If, if you were given an ideal situation with, a, with say, a ministry, what would that look like um, walking them through a brand development process? Yeah, so I would say that I'm probably more organic than a lot of maybe what you would call freelance designers or small studios. Um, I do have a process, and it's relatively... Um, similar to a lot of creative firms process in that there's a discovery phase and that there's a creative phase and that there's a delivery phase. But I think stretching beyond that, um, if we're truly thinking about brand and sort of the total member experience or supporter experience, then I'm also trying to influence what does the, um, the entryway in the church look like? What does the checkout process look like? What does your music while I'm on hold on the phone sound like. Um, So it's really stretching beyond what people would usually hire like a graphic designer to do and really thinking about um, thinking about all of those things. And so, yes, we are sticking to that process of with the discovery process. There's a lot of questions up front. Um, I'm making sure that I really understand what it's like from the organization's perspective and what they think they are. And then I'm also really thinking about what is it like as the consumer and do those two things or those two sets of expectations really align or are they really, really different? A lot of times they're really, really different. 
And so we have um, a lot of questions, a lot of follow-up questions um, around why there's a gap between those two. Um, you know, and then once we define and then over-define kind of those, those, um, those expectations and those goals, then moving into where we actually start to kind of build stuff out, um, you know, there's within that, like I said, there's, I, I'm kind of organic in the sense that it's kind of research and ideation and creation kind of all happening simultaneously. I, I'm not real regimented in that I have to do this check, then I have to do this check. But those are all kind of simultaneously going on. Like if I'm driving down the street and see something that influences the aesthetics of a project that I'm working on, um, or I may be watching TV and see some sort of piece of architecture that sort of is in the same um, same space or same aesthetic as a project that I'm working on that sometimes will influence it. So I think it's all very organic in that kind of middle phase. Um, and then once um, once that's kind of finished and delivered, I, I a couple things. One is I do try to try to not over refine things. Um, and get the client involved kind of sooner than later. Um, there was definitely a time in my life where I would like have to get things perfect before sending it to a client, but bringing them in sooner and letting them have more of a say in it uh -huh. gives them gives them a lot more ownership, gives them a lot more um, participation in the process. And so we are able to get to a solution that's good for me, good for them kind of quicker when they're kind of involved with that. And so, um, I think, yeah, having a having a structured process, but allowing for some back and forth and some kind of organic conversations or some offshoots or um, things to happen within that, I think is really important. And do you find that there's, with ministry specifically, a lot of pushback on a direction they may want to go that may be a, not aligned with uh, the experience you're seeing in that discovery process? Like they're... That you may see an experience with their ministry uh, that that doesn't align with a visual direction that they want to head. Um, how do you have those conversations to kind of realign usually an executive team um, to, hey, here's what your experience says, and this is why I've chosen a, a visual identity that that matches that experience or vice versa? Yeah, so I think... A really good illustration of this is like using a church as an example. If your church is a more liturgical church or a more traditional church where, you know, there's a choir that wears robes and there's a steeple and there's stained glass. If you come to me and say, hey, we want to be cool and modern and relevant and we want to use black and white and super crisp lines and, you know, something really um, forward thinking. I'm probably going to push back and challenge that a little bit and help understand, help both of us understand why that's the request. It's like, because there's definitely an appeal within the church to kind of be cool, to be that other church that you're looking at, but it may not be a good fit for your congregation or for just your brand in general, because that building, the choir, all of that's part of your brand. And so if we create a logo that's totally disconnected from any of that, then there's going to be a disconnect and people are going to distrust your church because of that. And so if a, if there's pushback from me or pushback from the client, a lot of times it just takes conversations, right? And it always goes back to that question of why is it, 
because we want to look cool is because we like the color red? Is it more subjective conversations or is it more goal-based strategic conversations of we're making this decision because we're trying to communicate this to this group of people and it's going to help us reach this goal. So that always has to go back to those strategic conversations and not my preference versus your preference. So there's a, there's a, a level of education that you're having to do a lot of times with ministries or uh, church clients where they may want to be like a similar church uh, or, or a church that they aspire to either locally or somewhere else in the world, but that may not make sense given their, given their location where they may, may be doing ministry. Yeah, for sure. Or they're just, their personality traits are maybe completely different. And I think you could even go one step further and say your purpose, your God-given purpose is probably different than say Hillsong. Like if you're a more traditional liturgical church in a small town, you're probably not created to be Hillsong. <laughs> right. Uh, your your goals and your purpose in that community could be a totally different set of reasons than what Hillsong is doing. And so there's nothing wrong with wanting to take inspiration and be inspired by them. They're doing amazing things, but don't try to copy them. Don't try to be them. Right. If, if God has put you in that place to be something completely different. So a lot of what it sounds like you're saying is there's there's definitely uh, des- design decisions or brand decisions that are made based on your audience. Um, how do you balance being what your audience wants you to be and what you know uh, as a, a ministry team, for example, what you want your brand to be? Uh, there's a there's a video or a quote by Simon Sinek that basically talks about how we shouldn't try as brands or as companies, we shouldn't be trying to be somebody for all people. We just need to be our identity as a company or a brand and that will attract other like-minded people. So how do you, how do you navigate kind of that space? Does that make sense? It does. I think that's definitely tricky within the church space. It's maybe less tricky within the ministry space in general, but definitely tricky within the church space. Because the reality is, if people aren't attending your church, your church is not thriving the way that it probably should. Um, and so there's, if you as a church are like, this who we are and we're not changing because of X, Y, Z, but that's causing your church to die, then there's probably a leadership problem or probably a pride problem that needs to happen within that, right? Right. Um, because there is... There is a consumer, whether we like it or not, there is a consumer mindset for a lot of people when they're looking for a church or for a ministry to support or whatever. They are having this mindset of what can I get out of this? What can I be fed? What can make me feel good? <laughs> um, so there's definitely this bridge between those two that that has to happen. So I think if you're trying to, as a leadership team or as um, a board, make decisions for your ministry, you've got to probably do a series of interviews or a series um, of interactions with people who are not a part of that small group of people, of decision makers, um, making sure that you're staying connected to the reality of the culture and the reality of the needs that are being met or not being met. Um, so I think that's what it looks like practically. I think it's it's making sure that there's some sort of connection between those two 
and you're not just firmly saying we as a leadership team are going to do this period. Um, I think there's got to be communication between those quote consumers and those making the decisions. Um, but then also I think on the other end of that, you can't just be whatever the consumer wants you to be all right. the time. There's obviously, you've got to draw a line in the sand at times and say, you know, this is what the culture is doing. This is what another ministry may be doing, but this is who we are because this is our defined strategy and our defined goals. And we've considered, um, we've considered you guys in that process, but we're definitely not going to just be all things to all people and just bend with the cultural trends to, to be everything that you want us to be. There's times where we definitely have to draw that line. Yeah. Well, and, and ministries, specifically churches, do that all the time with their statement of faiths anyways. This is what we believe. And yeah. if as a, call it a consumer or a member or a guest, whatever, uh, if you believe those same things, then um, we'll probably align and be able to work together well. If not, then it may be best to find another place to call home. So yeah. um, there's. So you're saying it's a both and. Absolutely. Yeah, there has to be communication from both sides and um, consideration on both sides. And both have to have grace too, right? Like th like this time we're in now with the virus going on, like no one knew what to do with this or how to respond to this. So I think churches are having to learn to kind of meet consumers' needs right now. I mean, that's a prime example. And so both sides have to have grace while this process is happening. Hmm. So it sounds like there's a Whenever you work with a ministry or church, there's a, a lot of research that's done before you actually start putting your creative ideas down on paper, or at least that's the ideal yeah. situation, right? Absolutely. So are is there ever any situation where ministries just want to, no, we just want a logo, we want to get onto the creative process, we don't want to do that research? Um, are Do you allow that in your process, or... Do you just ask that they find somebody else to work with? <laughs> um, yeah, so there there are definitely times I don't get my way. And I, as someone who is super passionate about what I do, those times are really hard. Like my wife can attest to that. Um, and it's not coming from a place of, or I hope it's not coming from a place of like pride or throwing a tantrum for not getting my way. It's genuinely because... I believe in the process. I've seen it do amazing things. It's something that people way smarter than me have done. So it's something I believe in. Um, and so when that doesn't necessarily happen, um, I do have to kind of check myself and realize, okay, this particular client may not be a good fit for that process. So is there somewhere that I can give? Can we just do the logo or just a piece that they're wanting to do? And I certainly do that in a lot of cases um, where I do just kind of start with that one piece. And through that process, my goal, honestly, is to just prove to them that they can trust me, prove to them that I know what I'm doing in hopes that we can do those other pieces that are what I believe truly helpful to the to the branding process. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely times where we have to just simplify it and do do what the client's asking. Yeah. Now, how would you encourage ministries that may be startups or very small and don't have a, a large audience uh, to do a ton of research on, or maybe that research would come back with um, not all that much information to direct the visual direction of the brand? 
Um, how do you handle situations like that where you're where you're starting a new maybe with a startup ministry or there's there's just such a small audience that um, it doesn't play too much into what the visual identity ends up looking like? What does that process look like for you? Yeah, so for clients that are either just starting up or maybe haven't allocated budget towards something maybe the way that they should have um, from my perspective. Um, I always try and work with, you know, your vision is this and it's twice as much as maybe you expected. So is there sort of a middle ground we can go to in order to accomplish some of the same goals, but maybe it's not as amazing as we, we wished it was. Um, and I, I always talk, try to talk about that in a hopeful sense, like, okay, this is a stepping stone to get to that piece that you're wanting to make, like for a website, you may not have the budget to build some big fancy custom website, but maybe there's a more templated approach that you can take now that'll be pretty much as effective in a lot of ways. But then maybe a year from now, two years from now, once you've got some donor support or you have more members um, we can revisit that conversation. Um, cause a lot of times, again, we talked about this earlier, like a lot of people are looking at other, um, examples like Hillsong or charity water or whatever it may be companies or organizations that have been around for 20, 30 years. In some cases like Hillsong has been around since the eighties. Um, so there's been several different iterations that they've taken to get to where they are. And so you can't be a startup ministry and look at Hillsong and say, we want to be Hillsong. Like you've got to do the work and kind of got to take steps to get to kind of what you see um, in an ideal world. So as far as like that, that spending on creative, Mm -hmm. do you maybe for a mid-sized ministry that has the funds that just has not ever taken their brand or marketing in general, seriously, like what what words of encouragement do you have for ministries that maybe believe that their spending should be super frugal on the creative side because they're just going to trust that the Lord's going to bring in the funds and they don't need to do much marketing because it's just going to work out? Like what does that kind of look like? Do, are you making recommendations and encouraging ministries? Um, a lot of times what we find is that there's just not a seriousness uh, around this side of their ministry. And um, so there's not budget for it. They they don't take it seriously, so they don't set aside the funds necessary to uh, be creating brands and stories and, and building brand advocacy uh, as they think about like the long term. So what does that kind of look like with you and how you interact with the ministries that you serve? Yeah, so... One resource I would point them to is a book called Design Currency, um, and it speaks directly to the value of design in a dollars and cents manner. And so for someone like a marketing lead or a designer internally at a small to medium sized ministry, if you're really trying to pitch why you should have more budget or why you should be doing more marketing or why you should be spending more on creative, um, that book really gives you some like tangible quantifiable data to help you kind of um, understand like if we spend X that it may yield the X X and some of it's specifically in business spaces that uses a few case studies of large companies but I think you can take that and the data and apply it to a ministry as well Um, in terms of just my sort of advice um, 
it's really it's really easy to say as a ministry or a church like God will provide, right? And we certainly believe that. We know that it's true, but you also have to plant seeds. You also have to tend to the crops. You also have to do some of the work as mm-hmm. well. It's it's both, right? So if you're not marketing and you're not communicating your message in a clear and concise way and you're not spending um, some budget on marketing, um, I don't think you're going to get the full yield that you that you think you're going to get. Um, it, it, it takes both. It takes work um, on your side. And also, um, like I said, I believe God will provide if you're faithful to his to his message. Awesome. That's that's a great resource. Thank you, Jarrett. Is there are there any other resources that you have that you would recommend for ministries maybe looking to uh, just educate themselves and learn more about? maybe the importance of brand development and what that could look like for their marketing and, and building awareness for their brands? Uh, yeah, so I am constantly inspired by uh, Seth Godin. Uh, he's well known more in the business space than probably the ministry space, but I think his stuff applies um, equally. Um, he has a podcast called Startup School that's a few years old now, um, but it's like a 12-part series that walks you through how to basically launch a startup and how to think about marketing and branding throughout that entire process. And it's really practical. It's really um, clear. It's really helpful. It's something that I have listened to several times and go back to on a regular basis and um, point a lot of my clients to. Um, and it's for any size of budget, any size of ministry. It's, it's a great resource. And he, he also writes a blog every single day, which is insane to me. <laughs> um, just that one guy can do that much work is crazy. And it's always thoughtful. It's always, um, always helpful. It gives you something to think about. Again, a lot of it leans towards um, more business space, but I think you can apply a lot of it to the ministry space. Um, yeah, so check, check Seth Godin out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know how that guy produces as much content as he does. That's insane. <laughs> I have no idea. It's crazy. He must now. He must got a team of writers that he just hires under the table or something. I mean, right? He's got to. <laughs> <laughs> so, based on what you know today, and taking into account maybe our current mar- marketing landscape—not our current current COVID nineteen marketing landscape—but <laughs> you know, within the last year, marketing landscape. What are some? maybe three tips you can share that you feel would change how a ministry approaches uh, its brand strategy or brand development processes. Yeah. So, I mean, I hate to just keep beating the same drum, but we've talked about, you know, being yourself and not trying to be some other church or some other ministry. Um, And I think just reiterating that, that God has you, your ministry, your church, your leadership team in a place for a purpose that is unique and different from the others. And that sounds like, you know, saying unique and different, that's like marketing 101, but churches and ministries just don't think about that enough. Um, That you have unique characteristics and unique approaches and unique strategies that the church or the ministry down the street does not have. Even though you may feel like y'all are doing the same thing and you're kind of co-laborers, right? Um, You're still different and you're still unique. And you're doing things that you can communicate that the church on the street can't communicate. Um, so that's one. A second, as common as it may sound, quality trumps quantity. Um, I see this a lot when it comes to like social media specifically. 
Um, everyone feels like they have to post, you know, at the specific time. It has to be two or three posts a day, and um, it has to, you know, be some inspiring quote. Or like, there's this formula, right, that everyone kind of follows. I think it's better to post less, and it means something, and it have thoughtfulness, and it have potential for impact and for starting conversations more than we have to post, we have to post, we have to post, we have to post. Um, and with churches and nonprofits, you should have tons of content. <laughs> you should have tons of stories to tell. You should have tons of lives changed that you should have content to be able to post to those that is better than somebody that's just selling shoes that's maybe not changing the world so much. You guys are changing the world, so you have the content. Um, so your quality should, shouldn't be a problem. Um, and then just lastly, I would say, and this is a little bit more nuanced maybe, but I think members, consumers know when they're being marketed to, maybe now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't, you can't just expect the standard, well, we sent out a postcard and we put up a billboard, so how come our Easter service didn't have a better turnout, right? Um, you've got to be thinking about ways that are marketing that don't feel like marketing. Um, and a couple examples of this, uh, I'm working with one church right now that's hiring local artists to paint murals on the side of their campuses that reflect the message of a uh, giving campaign that they're having right now. Um, so that's one way. Another way is uh, went to a church a while back that during Easter they um, painted a big, or not painted, they used chalk to make a big chalk portrait of Jesus's face. And funny enough, the airplanes that come in and land at the local airport fly right over their church and can look out the window and see the face of Jesus. So it's a really innovative marketing approach that would not show up in your like marketing 101 um, materials, right? So it's something that is marketing without feeling like marketing. And I think those tools, those approaches are way more successful and way more start way more conversations and get people posting on social media and have organic marketing happening, which is kind of what everyone wants, right? So I think taking not so marketing approaches to marketing um, are always good. Yeah, that's so good, Jarrett. Um, that's that's one of the things that we we try to encourage ministries towards a lies is just communicating the fact that they do have so many stories to tell. Uh, because God is very clearly working in and through their organizations um, in in really powerful ways. And so um, instead of just posting for quantity's sake, um, there's real opportunity to be storytelling and, and communicating what God's doing through your organization for the sake of um, your ministry, but even more so for the sake of just bringing Him glory and communicating on a, on a regular basis, what he's doing and, and sharing that ki- kind of content and building brand around that um, type of thing, I think is so much more powerful than just posting maybe a, a random verse on a, on an obscure background um, yeah. than, than anything else. And so that's, that's kind of how we encourage organizations is like, find the stories that are happening within your ministry uh, if your ministry is fruitful and being successful, then there's going to be plenty to tell and tell those stories on a consistent basis. Now, that can get expensive if you're trying to tell that story in video form every single time. Um, obviously, that's the best way to do it. But 
there are other ways to tell stories and communicate what God's doing um, through uh, design stuff that we've talked about today, and and just being consistent in um, in communicating what He is doing through your organization, I think is really uh, a, a powerful opportunity for, for ministry. So that was really good. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been great. Well, yeah, that, Jared, this was awesome. I think that this is going to bring a lot of value to ministries. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you and learn more about your company and maybe engage with your creative services, how can they get a, get a hold of you? Yeah. So just go to jarrettjohnston.co is my website. There's several um, case studies, a lot of work on there that you can check out um, as well as some more information about me or Instagram at jarrett.johnston. I'm always trying to post on there. Um, Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and for all those ministries out there, all the churches, this guy is an incredible talent and that's what we deal in is finding talented creatives. So if we're saying he's good, He's legit. Uh, Jarrett, uh, can I pray for you and your company? Absolutely. Father, I just lift up Jarrett. I thank you for the creative gifts that you have given him. Lord, you are a creator God. Uh, You've created us in your image, and so you've given us creative gifts. And for some, that's accountancy. Some, that's being a lawyer. Uh, For Jarrett, uh, is being a designer and and creative. And um, he's incredibly talented, and so I pray that you would um, continue to use the gifts you've given him for your kingdom, for your glory. Uh, I pray that you continue to bless his skills and help him to um, uh, increase his talents and, and abilities as he continues to uh, pursue what you've gifted him in. Lord, I thank you for his his abilities and um, pray blessings on his company. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.